In this episode of Octal FM, we take a look back at those games that we were looking forward to for 2018. Did we actually play any of them? And if so, were they any good? Uh, and what did we actually play this year? Hello and welcome to another episode of Octal FM. I'm Sefran. And I'm Gelada. And today we're going to do a retrospective look back on the games of 2018 that we played, but also, and first of all, we're going to discuss the games that we discussed in our episode 32, which is almost a year ago that it came out, I think, um, where we talked about the games we were looking forward to in 2018. Yeah, well, that was the episode where uh, Tony came and joined us as well. She's not on the episode this time, um, but hopefully I'll convince her to to come on um, to talk about games of 2019 as well, um, which we'll come on to in a bit. Um, but yeah, we God, it was a long time ago now. Um, I know, you know. I mean, obviously it was a, a year ago, but like it feels like a yeah. It's really interesting looking at that list of games that we were like, oh, these are the games we're excited about. They're coming out this year, and then looking at comparing that to the games that we did actually play where where did we start like what were what were some of your um games that you were looking forward to from way back in episode 32 so the the three games that i listed that i was looking forward to playing i only played one of them which was into the breach which Mm. we've already discussed on the show beforehand so i won't go into too much detail on it and i can talk about it later as well with you because i know you played it some as well Mm -hmm. um and that definitely didn't disappoint that was very much a game i was looking forward to it came out when it was supposed to come out and i played it a lot and i really loved it like it was definitely a game that i i'm glad that i put aside time to play you know right yeah and um i like that you're like it came out when it was supposed to. <laughs> well, that leads on to some of the other games, doesn't it? Um, like one of right. the other games that I was really looking forward to on that list was Wargroove, which is sort of the Advance Wars style strategy game by mm. Chucklefish. I'm kind of surprised that we didn't see this in this year. Like to think that that was announced and I think there was a trailer at that point. I, I know it's, it's Chucklefish, like it's a small, a small team it's interesting i think they're now saying that's coming out in 2019 and hopefully early 2019 because it's sort of like it i'm kind of surprised that that didn't come out if i'm honest i mean i know it sounds a bit ignorant and entitled of me but it doesn't feel like the kind of game would take that much effort to create put together on a schedule yeah because although i'm sure it has got a lot of like testing and there's a lot to go into it it is, at the end of the day, just a sprite-based strategy game. Can't be that hard, right? I mean, maybe I'm just being yeah. ignorant, but... Yeah, it's interesting. I, I I wonder if maybe it means that um, they went through a few... You know, maybe they've gone through a few iterations, or, or like maybe it wasn't quite the game that they thought... You know, it didn't quite feel right, and so they've sort of changed it and, and, and you know, gone through a few iterations of it. Or maybe they got pulled onto something else, so they had to park Wargroove for a while. Maybe. Let's get them on the show and find out. Yeah, definitely. Um, the other game you, you mentioned, I think, at the time was Far Cry 5, right? Mm. And I still really want to play this game. I just yeah. haven't had a chance to. The primary reason is that it's never been at a good price. Like, mm. it's gone on Steam sales a couple of times, like a half price. But that still, I think, was like £25. And I was like, I've got so many other games to play. And that's not that's still not, like, really cheap. It's still, like, that's a, that's a full price game 
for most yeah. games that I would pick up, you know, because um, things like Into the Breach and Wargroove, for example, like, you know, are anywhere from like 10 to 15 pounds at most. And I was like, eh, I, I'm not going to get 25 pounds worth of enjoyment out of it right now. But that doesn't stop my enthusiasm for it because I still really loved the previous two games. Uh, and it does look really fun. Like all the gameplay I've watched of it does look really good. Maybe a little bit less interesting and innovative than I was hoping it was going to be. It's a little bit safe, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. It can still be really enjoyed. Yeah, I guess it's like, it's not necessarily a game that you particularly want to buy immediately, right? Like there are certain games, um, and we'll come on to some maybe, um, where it's like, you know, you really want them at launch or they're just like a must buy at some point in the year when you've got time to play a game. And Far Cry 5 is one of those, like it's on the backlog, right? It's on the backlog of games yeah. to buy when it comes down in price or when it comes down in price so much that you just buy it to put it on your backlog, right? But it's not like you need it right now because there are other games that are more like priority. That's basically it because I'm still going to play it at some point because I really yeah. enjoy the other games. And when it comes on like a 80% off offer or something on Steam, that's probably mm-hmm. when it get picked up and then added to the list. It's exactly the same with Watch Dogs 2. Like I'm one of the like 10 people in the world that enjoyed the first one. Um, <laughs> and I picked up Watch Dogs 2 and it was like super cheap. Like I picked it up for like six quid or something. Yeah. Uh, and I still haven't played it, but I will at some point want to. So it made sense to pick it up when it was cheaper. And like I say, Far Cry 5 just hasn't been cheap enough for me to do that yet. Yeah. I had a really, like, in terms of games that I was looking forward to versus um, games that I've played, I was terrible with my predictions. Yeah, none of yours have come through at all. Um, like, I, like Sea of Thieves, um, I was excited about. And whilst not terrible, it was also fairly middling in reviews and definitely way too middling for me to actually give it some time. So there's that. I mean, there's now like another pirate game coming out, right? Like, is it is it Ubisoft, I think, that are maybe doing a sort of like proper know. pirate game off the success of Assassin's Creed um, right. Odyssey or whatever? I didn't know that. But um, like, I don't know. It, Yeah, I was a little bit disappointed that it wasn't amazing, but it needed to be amazing for me to pick it up. Um, Last of Us 2, obviously, we're not, you know, just not seeing the light of day yet. But at least we know that that will be coming out sooner or later. Like that's not one of those sort of like development hell type ones, no. which will sit there forever. This will come out either they say 2019 or possibly 2020. I doubt it, honestly, but possibly. Yeah. But you know it's going to come out sooner or later, unlike some of the games on this list of yours. Well, yeah, I mean, so we look, we just had, we'd pretty much just had a, a like teaser trailer, right, for Age of Empires 4. And so I was pretty excited about seeing that. But I think that that was very, very optimistic of me. Yeah. Uh, and I think that we're at least another year. I'm I'm definitely not putting that on my games of 2019 list because honestly, it's been like radio silence on Age of Empires 4 since the announcement. Um, so I'm not expecting to see that for at least another year, if I'm honest. What else? Shadow of the Tomb Raider was on my list. I was looking forward to that and, I, and it's still on my radar but it kind of it was september that it came out in the end and it's kind of it's kind of passed me by like i just dropped off your consciousness yeah it just honestly it just dropped off like as being a game that was something i wanted i was interested in actually talking about that you know episode 32 has made me be like oh yeah like that was that was something i was interested in picking up um so you know it's come back into my mind um and now it's out so that's great what about um tony's games i mean i know she's not here but like she's written down that she wants obviously looking forward to kingdom hearts 3 which i think 
has a release date now. Release date for that now, right? Which is pretty mad. And there's been like leaks about it and stuff. So I think it's actually like properly going to be a thing. I I actually saw that on a list of like games that will be the most disappointing in 2019, and Kingdom Hearts (laughs) Three was one of them because it's like, how can it not be disappointing? Yeah, it will be. But you know, Tony has a very open mind about games, so I don't think that she will be disappointed. But I think that the video game community as a whole will be um maybe mm, yeah i mean it's been how many years now since this the proper second game i think um, wasn't it um a thousand and fifty two? <laughs> oh, i think it was like that long ago yeah how weird uh no, yeah but it has been a very long time since the last proper release like because there's been so many sort of sub-releases mm, yeah that i don't think it's going to be able to hold up unfortunately which right. is a shame because ever since kingdom hearts has been a thing it's always been one it's almost a smash bros type game of that it's got really cool crossover potential which is like a really popular kind of cultural thing at the moment isn't it like the cultural zeitgeist as it were yes definitely of people love crossovers and sort of you know continuity within their games yeah you're right i feel maybe it's left it a bit too long now yeah and like you say expectations have just risen beyond possible measure yeah we'll see we'll see um monster hunter world yeah she did play that was that was really good um she really enjoyed it like i've been told that monster hunter world is like the definitive monster hunter for the most part like it's the one to pick up and i'm just super disappointed that i can't play it on switch i agree i I think it deserves to be on switch um I'm, i'm sad that it isn't for sure other another couple nino kuni 2 so that is out um she hasn't played that it's just i think like she's had too many other games it's definitely she's not going to miss out i'm sure and bayonetta 3 which is obviously not out no i don't think there's even any word on that no i don't think there is bayonetta 1 and 2 are now on switch right like that's that's the thing so i'm quite interested in picking those up actually because i watched tony play some of the first two you know i think that i'd get to play it on on switch because you know when we talk about games that we have played uh, in 2018 a lot of mine and a fair few of you well a couple of yours yeah still quite a few of mine a few of yours but a lot of mine have actually ended up being switch games so despite the fact that the games i was looking forward to were you know pc games and like proper home console games uh in the end that that is not what i have played (laughs) at all no for me this there's a standout game this year for me um we've talked about it on the show um and that is celeste i think that celeste is my not that this is a game of the year show um but celeste is my game of the year like i absolutely love celeste it has very much wedged itself into my into my heart and mind um in the same way that games like um braid like braid is a is a a game you know in my mind that has really stuck with me and and celeste is now one of those as well like i really 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 enjoyed celeste um a lot more than i was expecting to and yeah i mean we've talked about it a lot already on the show but Mm. you know it it was really fantastic and i played that on switch Uh, i didn't play it on pc uh i must admit i think it's it's perfect on switch particularly handheld mode um it's absolutely fabulous uh i know i played breath of the wild this year and we can definitely talk about that, but Breath of the Wild is not my favourite game that I played this year. No? Well, as much as I, I did really, really enjoy playing it, but I don't know. Like, I, I just don't know whether the, the the mashup of Western and Eastern RPG 
really appealed to me as much as it's appealed to a lot of other people. And I did mm. really, really enjoy Breath of the Wild. It just fell short a little bit too much for me. Like, I really, really, I can't even quite put my finger on mm. on what it is about it that just, maybe it's my nostalgia, like getting old and like, you know, looking fondly on old Zelda games and Breath of the Wild not being that. But, you know, it's quite a repetitive game. You know, yeah. in the same, and it, it it borrows that from like Skyrim <laughs> or Fallout or something. Mm-hmm. You know, it sort of feels like Skyrim but Zelda, basically. And as much as I like Skyrim and I like the Elder Scrolls games, I guess that's just not what I want from a Zelda game. No, um, well, that's kind of what I was going to say because Breath of the Wild was the first game I picked up on my Switch because I got a Switch this year as well, uh, and I've been really enjoying it. And I would say that you are much more of a Zelda kind of fan than i am mm. that's not to say that i don't enjoy the zelda games of course i do but i'd say that you're a lot more entrenched within that love than i am yeah and i adore breath of the wild i think it's absolutely fantastic and i would go so far as to say that it's the best game within the zelda franchise but i don't think it's the best zelda game within the Zelda franchise if that makes sense so mm. i think as a game itself it's so well put together. Like mm. I, I would very much consider this to be Nintendo's kind of magnum opus as it were. Like right. the scale of the game is massive, but the quality never dips for me. Like a lot of these sort of like open world games, you use like Skyrim and Fallout as the examples is that a lot of content is kind of like copy pasted. Um, a lot mm. of things are like a lot of assets are reused. And that's not to say that assets aren't reused in Breath of the Wild. Of course they are, but Every location is very bespoke and feels very unique. Um, you know, I think the only kind of buildings that you see multiple times along the way are maybe the stable buildings. But even then, like, that's not very many. There's, you know, and even they have their own sort of flourishes on the outside. Yeah. Um, but all the individual areas, all the people you meet within the areas, all the dialogue, it's all very unique. So that just shows how much time and effort they've put into building that world. I think it falls down um partially it's gameplay because weirdly despite mm. the fact that it's sort of like the game which allows you to be some of the most creative with how you tackle combat challenges it's actually got quite simplistic combat um like there's only three types of weapons realistically there's a sword there's a big sword and there's a spear um at the end of the day that's all the all there is like yeah. despite how many different types of weapons there are and there's only one button for attack like and there's no variations of the attack you just kind of press attack in various <laughs> stances and that's it so I think that's maybe one area it gets let down. And the the quest line is actually is a little bit lackluster in places. Um, mm. I feel like it because it allows you to do that open-endedness of doing what you want when you yeah. want, which, don't get me wrong, is fantastic. And I really love that. I love that I can go off and mess about for 20 hours until I go and do the next sort of main quest line. When you do get to those quest lines, they feel a little bit less impactful because they can't, you know, they, they can't be sent to front because they, the game needs to allow you to be able to go and do the sort of 20 hours messing about. And I guess I guess that's something that they missed out of something like Skyrim or or Oblivion is, is probably the one that I really think of in my mind in terms of like a game that is open but has a very strong central story that is like you do have to do in order. Um, and they didn't really go for that with Breath of the Wild. And and sort of going back to what you were just saying, I get completely what you mean about like the best game, but not the best Zelda game. In that sense, I agree with you. 
the visual presentation, like you say, the quality of the game, especially when you compare it directly to something like Skyrim or Fallout, which mm-hmm. frankly, like I sometimes I wonder how how Bethesda gets such a free pass yeah, get with away their games. Because their games are terrible in some ways. Yeah, like there are aspects of their games that are just like absolutely broken or buggy as hell or frustrating or whatever it is. And like they get a weird free pass um yeah. to for that. And and Breath of the Wild doesn't have any of that. No. It's got that Nintendo polish on a game right. that's the size of Skyrim. On a game that you shouldn't be able to polish that much. No. <laughs> right? But I, I very there's the odd glitch here or there in in Breath of the Wild, like, and it's oftentimes to do with physics, like when you're messing about with things like the stasis and the freezing and all yeah. that kind of stuff. For the most part, the world itself, and the enemies, and the the interactions that you have with all of those things, they're so crisp and they're so well polished. Yeah. Uh, and and I don't want to harp on about it too much, but Nintendo really did knock it out of the park in that respect. Yeah, I agree. Um, before this becomes like Breath of the Wild, um, the, the the one game of 2018, Breath of the Wild. Um, <laughs> what other what other games are sort of highlights for you this year? So moving away from the Switch, because I don't want to talk about Smash Bros too much either, because no, I've only started playing that recently. We did a soundbite episode on it, so Smash Bros. It's awesome. It has got its problems. Maybe we'll do a full episode on that at some point or another. Going on to the PC side of things for me, I've already talked about some of these games on the show before, like uh, Elite Dangerous, for example. Like mm. I'm obviously a big fan of that, and I've not been playing that as much recently. But one of the games that really stood out for me this year is a game that I've only recently started playing, which was Frostpunk. Oh, this, interesting. This was one that I think we were sort of like batting about for a game club. We which were, is, yeah. We, we can't do now because I've played way too much of it to have an unbiased opinion on the game. <laughs> but I've played now for a couple of months and it's such a brilliant game uh and i absolutely adore it wow. it has loads of issues don't get me wrong it's definitely not a perfect game but it's a really great game it scratches that resource crisis management style gameplay that i really like it has a very clear kind of directive of what you need to achieve but although there are only limited ways of doing it it feels like you have got lots of choice i don't know it's hard to describe mm, um wow and it, it's very customizable as well in terms of difficulty because at some points i was like this is this is easy like i'm not struggling everything's running itself mm. and you can crank that difficulty up in quite a lot of ways like you can make certain things harder but make certain other areas easier rather than just generically harder or easier and yeah, it's just a really great game with a fantastically interesting concept as well. Like, it's a strategy resource game based around heat management, which is quite unique as well. Mm. I, I really, really enjoy the game, and I highly recommend it. Wow, I didn't, I didn't realize you, uh, you liked it that much. I'm, I'm putting, yeah. that's coming, that's going on my Steam wish list. <laughs> Ironically, Steam is one of the ways you use the game. Um, <laughs> that's funny, <laughs> um, but I, I highly recommend it. And I don't think it's too much. I think it's like. I think it's like 15, 20 quid. Oh, okay. Uh, nice. And I picked it up on offer, so it was even cheaper than that. Um, and I really recommend it. Like, I sunk quite a lot of hours into that game, and I haven't finished all the scenarios yet. And it gets a little repetitive. Like, each scenario does its best to sort of, like, keep things fresh with different objectives. But the core mechanics are all the same of the heat management, the food management, the people management, that sort of thing. Mm. And once you kind of find the kind of best layouts, for the most part, it, there is already a kind of best strategy but it's still very enjoyable and you can like i say you can always crank the difficulty up as well Hmm. cool um but yeah like i i really love it um and that's one of the kind of standout games on pc for me um i mean what about you any other games like is it switch again for you or 
Yeah, I mean, I I really ended up playing a, a huge amount of Switch um, this year, and so there's a few, there's a couple of other games that sort of stick out. Um, this funny, like, I think if, I think most of them I've talked about already at some point on Octal FM, but mm-hmm. um, Hollow Knight, as much as as much as the fact that I didn't finish it, I felt like I finished it in my in my mind like i'd played you also got the experience through tony too yeah and like i really did enjoy hollow knight um even if i didn't complete it uh i think it's 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 really good as it's really well thought out um and so that was really really good fun um i'm currently still playing through um akami hd as well not strictly speaking a 2018 game um because it's a it's a remake of a remake of a remake but yeah nonetheless like it's a game that I've never played. I've watched Tony play it probably three times in various wow. on various platforms. Um, but I'm about 20 hours in. And at that point, the game has like a false ending where you think it's going to finish. And then it's like, surprise, you're actually basically <laughs> only just at the start. <laughs> and you've got another like 80 hours to go or something like it's a it's a <laughs> it's a it's a colossal game that doesn't feel like it's going to be a colossal game. And I'm really enjoying it. I, I think that it's it's a game that i've always kind of wanted to play because it's quite significant in that it is a it's a very good game um and but also quite sort of underrated and and underappreciated and it's also one of tony's favorite games of all time it may even be number one top spot wow um, for tony like she loves it so much so i think she kind of she bought it for me a little bit like you have to you know you have to play my number one game (laughs) yeah no i mean and that's great because that gives you more of a reason to to start it and then you fall in love with it because that's one of the difficult things with with games like and we'll come on to this a bit later as well that starting the game is always the hardest part like it's so easy to just kind of slip into a game that you're already kind of comfortable with yeah. but when it's a brand new game it's kind of hard to kind of find that time because well, i don't really want to learn a new game you know i can't really be bothered starting again so having that uh, extra push to to really commit to a new game like okami yeah especially considering that it's one of those sort of games you should play games um yeah it's kind of the equivalent of like these are the films you should watch if you want to consider yourself like a kind of a, an auteur film watcher right uh, exactly. or, or books you should read if you consider yourself to be kind of liter- literary yeah you know i think okami is one of those kind of games that's like you probably should play okami at some point or another because it's one of those milestone games right exactly and and i think that without that push from someone else i probably wouldn't have because mm. like as much as i and i am actually really really enjoying it um but it's sort of, you know, you just kind of like, well, it passed me by, so it's going to continue passing me by. But yeah. actually getting a chance to play it is really cool. And I'm I'm really enjoying it. Um, like, if you don't know what it is, it's, a, it's basically Zelda with a wolf. And it's very, very arty um, in terms of, like, literally, its art style is, like, yeah. actual art, like paintings. Um, it's very Japanese, sort of steeped in Japanese culture um, and, and quirks. And it's very, very charming. Uh, the writing is good and the humor is good uh, and the sort of, you know, the puzzles, the puzzles are interesting and the combat is really, really good. You have a mixture of of normal attacks and then brush strokes and the brush strokes work really, really well on Switch because you have the, you can t- use the touch controls, um, which is just absolutely perfect. And if I ever play it on the TV, I'm like, oh, where are my touch controls? <laughs> <laughs> That is weird considered that because it, it came out on PS2, I think, originally, yeah, didn't yeah, it? it did. And like you would have had to use the analog stick yeah. instead, which just probably feels so much less intuitive. Absolutely. But yeah, that's so, you know, lots of Switch games for me, definitely. And that's what I'm still playing. Um, did you have any other 
uh pc games or switch games that you've been playing yeah like i i think i play quite a lot more games than you this year so <laughs> what we definitely played quite a few game club related games which has been really helpful to try new things but one of the ones that i picked up that i haven't really talked about on octal fm i don't think is um BattleTech. i don't oh, yeah. think i mentioned BattleTech much on the show if it did at all um and again it's a turn-based strategy game um <laughs> and that's a sort of a spiritual successor slash sequel to all the old mech warrior games um so it's like your giant robots fighting each other on in space you know mm. and i looked at a lot of the reviews and i looked at like a lot of the the bump for it and it sounded like my kind of game like it was really up my alley like it had that sort of like customization option of your troops that XCOM offers but more Mm -hmm. and like a management side of things where you have to manage your mercenary company which again i love all that sort of like micromanaging and sort of getting just right how i want it and then the battles look really fun as well like a really big open expansive area to fight in with lots of different kind of terrain types and weapon types and objective types and when i i picked it up it was on offer again uh this is sort of the common theme as well if a game's not been on offer and it's kind of full price i usually won't bother i'll just play one of the other myriad of games i've got that need playing um but i picked it up and one of the things that first stood out to me is that the game is a little bit sparse and stripped back like it does have a single player mode with dialogue and some of it is voice acted but it almost feels a bit tacked on do you know what it feels like it feels a bit like the single player campaign ashes of the singularity which Mm. i know we didn't play a lot of but we kind of touched on in the game club episode last episode in that they felt like they built the game and then they added a single player because they kind of needed to rather than they built the game with a single player in mind, if that makes sense. Yeah. And I guess that's maybe just the market. Like, that's what people who buy this game want. But, I don't know, it felt a little bit tacked on, I don't know. And I really enjoyed it for about 20 hours. But after about 20 hours, I got a little bit disillusioned with it because I found it to be a lot less tactically and strategically deep than I thought it was. So one of the things that really irked me from very early on in the game is that there's there's four sizes of mechs, which all have like different kind of abilities and powers and stuff like that. There's the small, medium, large, and assault. And you think in most strategy games, all those mechs will have like different pros and cons, right? So you're like, well, you want to make mm-hmm. a mix of things, don't you? Mm-hmm. That makes sense. That's how almost all strategy games work. No, in Battletech, bigger is just better. There's basically <laughs> no real reason to have a small mech when you have medium mechs. And then when you get a lot of large mechs, you just want to field your, your large mechs. There's no upside to it particularly because it's the same cost to run them. And you only can take four into battle regardless It's because they're right. the different tonnage. So the, the heavy mechs are like maybe 200 tons, whereas the light mechs are only, say, like 30 tons. But that doesn't mean you can take more small mechs. You can still only ever take four mechs. Right, and I, I was getting really frustrated at this because I've been trained for my entire gaming life of, well, use the small units in strategic and interesting ways yeah, or yeah. there's downsides to using them, but then you can use more of them, for example. And I found myself for, for a good couple of weeks just going about like at work or whatever when I had some downtime thinking, how would I change the game? Like I would make it so you could take as many small mechs as you want as long as with a certain tonnage allowance or something. And I'd maybe make it that they could do different things. And it just really frustrated me. And then that sort of spiraled on from there to thinking, well, hang on, the weapons aren't actually all that varied either. There's only like three different types of weapons for the most part. And 
there's clearly superior choices mm. and melee is not a superior choice at all and you know damage mitigation is so important that you never actually do anything interesting but hide behind walls and trees and i just got progressively more frustrated with the fact that the game is so much less deep than i thought it was and maybe there's some battle tech purists out there that's like no you were playing it wrong maybe i was i'm not i'm not saying i mastered the game mm. at all but I put 20 hours into it and I, I'm pretty well versed in strategy games and I didn't get that feeling at all. So the games missed something for me to miss that in the first place, if that is the case. Hmm. So, yeah, a game that I was really excited about playing and I, I wanted to do sort of like an Octal FM episode on it as, in some fashion, even just a soundbite. But then I just like got really frustrated with the game. So I didn't talk about it until now. That's interesting. Like that sort of you know, it's clearly a good concept and there's a lot of good stuff there because it took you, you know, 20 hours before you really got to the point where you were frustrated and, and, and sort of disappointed and wanting to kind of put it, to put it down. Um, and, it, and it feels like there, you know, that was just kind of a balance issue at the end of the day. Mm. Um, like that sort of, you know, cool concept, but not the perfect execution to kind of really have the staying power, um, which seems a bit of a shame. It's amazing how much of a difference balancing a game makes because when your game is balanced and looked after properly over a long period of time, it allows the game to be so much more enjoyable and long-lasting. But when either that's not done at all or it's pulled after a certain length of time, the game just sort of becomes so much less interesting, right? Yeah, exactly. And actually, like, a game that I played a lot of in 2018, perhaps to the detriment of my sort of gaming breadth if you like um is heroes of the storm hmm. i really enjoyed playing heroes of the storm this year and i play i can't keep track of how many hours but i played it a lot um and you know and and sometimes it was definitely the the game that i played to sort of chill out in the evening for example hmm. um rather than picking up and starting to play a kami or something like that and this would have been a really positive or a relatively positive message um, because, you know, we talked about uh, how in our BlizzCon episode about how, you know, they've they've added hero, a hero that is um, exclusive to to Heroes of the Storm and isn't from another franchise. But literally like last week, um, Blizzard just announced that they're basically putting Heroes of the Storm into maintenance mode. So they're cancelling all of the sponsored esports stuff uh, and they're pulling all of the developers off Heroes um, and so that you know, they're, for all intents and purposes, they're they're abandoning it. I am both confused because of the like heroes only hero, uh, and also disappointed uh, a little bit in in the fact that this has happened. And it's it really just sort of got me thinking and and kind of looking retrospectively on on this. And you know, we were talking about this before we started recording. You know, I've really not played that many video games this year. No. And most of the video games that I have played have been Switch games. And that, in fact, almost exclusively. Uh, and that kind of shows you the situation I'm in. Like, I'm, I'm not really... I'm transitioning away a little bit from being a PC gamer um, because it's not necessarily... I don't necessarily want to be sat at my PC or I'm getting time here and there to play Switch games, like whether it's in bed or on the train or whatever... Um, and it's not something you can do on PC. You know, Heroes was the game that I did play a lot of, and it was on PC. And, and now with Blizzard essentially abandoning Heroes, I'm kind of like, I think I should probably abandon Heroes too. Hmm. I was thinking about it anyway, 
because I was kind of like, this isn't really like in terms of getting through video games, as much as I enjoy playing heroes, it's kind of like it's a time sink because you're never going to finish the game, so to speak, and you're never going to get anything more out of the game than you already get out of the game anyway. Right. And if you do want to get more out of the game, you'll have to put in significantly more time and effort to be able to sort of reach like a higher, more competitive level, right. which you just can't do. You haven't got time for that, obviously. So it's like it's just you throwing in your time that you could be playing other video games, experiencing new things to do the same thing over and over again. It's very much the classic like MMO problem, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, where you, you're playing a game that basically has no ends and as enjoyable as it is, it's also kind of a little bit dead time. And you have to yeah. sort of at some point with any when you ever you play an MMO or or a or a MOBA, essentially, or a competitive multiplayer game like Counter-Strike or something like that, you have to kind of come to a point where you, you make an assessment. Right. And you go. It, do I want to carry on just putting hours into this game or do I want to put the, divert those hours into something else? And so I think for 2019, that is something I'm going to try and do. And I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to, having retrospectively looked and realized that most games I'm playing are on Switch, I think mm-hmm. I'm going to sort of really try and prioritize playing Switch games because I think that that has clearly enabled me to play lots of games, uh, which is great. And yeah, just, I think like, just spend my time playing video games more wisely. Mm. Like, like I, I'm okay at making time to play video games, but I think I really was just falling back on heroes too much. Yeah. Um, and we talked about this, right? Like it's, it's that like association thing a little bit. And like heroes is very easy to just like, as much as it's an intense game to play, like a competitive MOBA game at the same time, it's also very familiar and it's very easy yeah. to just drop in to yeah, playing slip a heroes into game. it sit in your chair play for 20 minutes you play the full game and it was easy because you know everything that's going on you don't have to try and learn anything new even if like a new character or a new interaction between characters happens it's still within the same confines of the mechanics that you're very comfortable with but you know and maybe i would carry on playing playing it but actually if anything maybe blizzard are doing me a favor here by by putting it into maintenance mode it's made me really look and be like oh now i'm actually putting my time I'm not even putting my time into a game that's going to like evolve. I'm putting my time into a game that is really, yeah. is really and truly it's dead. It's now kind of dead. Yeah, it's just, it is just me de- killing my own time now because it's just easy. And it's difficult because, especially with gaming as well, it's supposed to be an enjoyable pastime. And I would never tell someone to not play the game that they love because at the end of the day, you're supposed to have fun with it. That's the, really is the, the only point in playing video games as far as I'm concerned. Of course. If you're not having fun, don't play it. But, then at the same time, I think it's very important to make sure that you're playing games that are worthwhile and that expand your horizons and your not just your knowledge, but just your your overall appreciation of the media as well. If you love games that much, you should try and play lots of different games. Well, that's the thing, right? That's the difference between, yes, video games are definitely f- for fun, but also if it's something that you take seriously, like the two of us clearly do. I mean, we talk about them on Octal FM pretty much like most episodes. It's, it's not just about having fun. It's, it's like the difference between when you just casually watch films and, you know, you maybe go to the cinema sometimes and you buy the occasional Blu-ray or whatever versus someone that is actually like a film buff that like yeah. watches the films that you're meant that you're meant to watch in inverted commas and like, you know, all of that. Or they kind watch films specifically by like a certain director because they like the style of that right. director more than other things. It doesn't matter what the film's director has made. It's just I want to see what he or her has made about right. this particular type of style. And you know? playing heroes is a little bit like like 
watching Disney films all the time yeah. or something like that. Like, like that kind of like recurring sort of, you know, just falling back on. You could be watching a film that you've not seen before, but instead you watch a film that you've seen like 300 times because, yes. you, you, you know, it's just relaxing to watch. It's and you're not junk really food thinking gaming, about it. isn't it? Yeah, it, that, that's actually, yeah, it's junk food gaming, isn't it? It really is. And I think, you know, 2019, I'm going to move away from a little bit from, from some of that junk food gaming. Um, still probably a little bit here and there, I'm yeah. sure. But uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm really gonna try and and focus on getting some more games under my belt next year, and really make use of the Switch, and and not really worry too much about oh, but it's also on PC and it's cheaper, so pick it up on <laughs> PC. Because actually, for me, I think that that just means I won't play it. Yeah, the extra cost of the Switch is probably worth it for you because it'll enable you to play the game in the first place. Yeah, like it's like, do I want to play it or do I want to save money? Like, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like I want to play games, right? Like, that's that's what it, one of the things I spend my money on. So, like, I think it's better to to just do it and just get it on, yeah. on, on Switch. Well, there are some really cool games coming out next year uh, or this year by the time this episode launches, I think. Yeah. And we're going to do a whole episode on that next time like we did last year um we'll see if we can get tony back on as well to yeah, get her opinions on the same games as well and we're definitely going to keep these in mind too of like what games we ended up not playing and did play this year just like you said yeah definitely. And we'll probably take that into consideration of rather than just being the big hot releases that like are coming out and like oh we're really excited for maybe we'll talk about more games that we are looking forward to playing even if they're already out yeah no definitely um it's a really good point because I, I did sort of start to have a look um but at you know the games that are coming out next year but now i think i'm going to go over it with a new with a having done this retrospective and it's been very cathartic mm, and i think definitely. i'm going to i'm going to go back and look over the 2019 you know games that are coming out with a bit of a fresh eye and sort of really think about the games i did end up playing and mm. and so therefore like what what actually am i more interested in um picking up and if you played any of the games that we talked about today or you want to recommend some of the games that you played this year that you know you think we'd enjoy, then do get in touch and let us know. How can they do that, Jal? They can email us at show at octal.fm or they can come and find us on the old Twitters at twitter.com forward slash octal.fm or you can come and send us a message on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash octal.fm give us some games to look forward to in 2019 yeah absolutely and don't forget to you know like this like this episode in your in your podcast app um i've been gelada and i've been Sefran. and catch us again for another episode of octal fm very soon and also happy new year everyone yeah happy 2019 <laughs>uh, i've already talked about a few games in the past on um I've already talked about this on a... (laughs) When your game is balanced and looked after properly over a long period of time, it allows the game to be so much more enjoyable and long-lasting. But when either that's not done at all or it's pulled after a certain length of time, the game just sort of becomes so much less interesting, right? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, on that point, one game that I did play... Sorry, can we just have a moment about how good your segue was? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, is he going to notice that I was trying to segue there? Like, like the, we just need to have a little moment. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't let that pass by. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't sure if you picked up on that or not. I was like, right, come on, talk about hot now. I think that might be, that is the best segue of 2018. <laughs> there you go, you see. Where's my plaque? <laughs> okay.